Welcome again to Harvest City. Uh, we are in a series where we are on the actually let me uh start off with prayer. Uh, no, before I pray, sorry, my mind is um, if you have been, one of the things that we want to be aware of uh, when we gather on Sundays is that we live in a broken world. Uh, and and we, live, we live in a broken city. Um, we live in a broken world. And so uh, I want to acknowledge that you know, protests after the murder of Masa, meaning the protests that are happening in Iran, uh, what's been happening in Ukraine, what's been happening in Haiti, several of you asked me about the hurricane. This week. 
Uh, years ago, it was right after Kate and I got married. I think we were married for two weeks. We moved to Miami. Uh, I grew up in Miami. We met in Orlando and dated in Orlando and got married in Orlando, Florida. Uh, and so we moved down to Miami. And because I was the one that was going down to Miami more often, I got tasked with finding our first park. You know the story, don't you? Uh, so I get tasked with finding our first park. And we, I found this apartment complex not far from the church that I was going to be working at. Uh, you know, they take me in and they show me this really beautiful apartment. This is so nice. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great. We'll rent this. So moving day comes. Uh, and we, you know, go to the office. We get our key. And we go back to where our apartment is. And it is a disaster. Uh, so we have a lovely view of the dumpster uh, as we park our car. Uh, and then as we're walking up the stairs to go to uh, our apartment that's been assigned to us, uh, you know, you're walking up the stairs and there's somebody here that's out there, the little like patio porch or whatever on the first floor, and their dog uses that as their, you know, their place where they go. And they do their, their dog thing. And so there's flies and it's and that's like, that's, hey, welcome home. Right? Welcome, welcome home. Uh, so we walk up into the apartment and it's just been paints and splattered over everything, all the outlets are covered. It smells like smoke. Uh, and so you can imagine, like, I'm, like, feeling the weight of, like, oh, no, I messed up. Like, husband, new husband failed. Um, and Kate's like, I cannot believe that this is the apartment that you got. Um, and, and our friends are there, my parents are there. And it was very, just, like, heavy, heavy, heavy moment. I'll talk about again in a second. When, uh, when we're talking about bearing words, we are talking about all of the different facets of life where because of any number of different things, things are heavy. In fact, the word burden actually means heavy or weight. Uh, so it's used in Matthew 26 and Luke 9 when someone says their eyes got heavy with sleep. You know what I'm talking about? Your eyes are like, you're in the middle of a conversation, your eyelids get heavy. It doesn't matter how much you want to get awake, they just close. That's what the word simply means, but it's used in a metaphorically to talk about things in life that are heavy. Now, what makes things in life heavy? Well, sometimes things are heavy because of our own sinful actions. We do something that, that is against God's will, we do something that's contrary to Scripture, the consequences come on that, and we experience work. Sometimes, however, it's not because of anything that we've done, it's because we live in a world that is broken, right? So, so there's the burden of, you know, not having power because a hurricane came through and the infrastructure of your island is a shambles. Uh, the thing that you did wrong, you're not responsible for the infrastructure of your island, but the infrastructure, we live in a broken world, and so the infrastructure doesn't work, and so therefore we have the burden of not having power. Sometimes the burdens that we have are imposed on us by other people. Jesus talks about this when he says that the Pharisees would put burdens on other people by their teaching. Uh, and then sometimes the burdens that we have are actually good burdens, burdens that come as a result of following Jesus, as we saw in the Matthew 20, Matthew 11 passage. In our particular passage, the burdens that we're talking about are spiritual, uh, and they're spiritual as a result of ongoing sin in the person's life. That said, everybody, all the commentators and everybody that I looked at and consulted this last week, because I was preparing, said, yes, that's the, that's the focal point, but the, the application of bearing one another's 
instance is that supposed to leave that you don't really have any purpose, or at least not any significance. Uh, to provoke is to position yourself in a position of superiority, uh, and as a result, you're not able, you're not willing to see the words of other people. Paul saying that's not the way that we're called to live. That's not the way of the gospel. To look down on other people, be hardened by the words of others. To be hardened to see, not see the words of others. In contrast to that, we have envy. And so here, the idea seems to be not one of a sense of superiority, but a sense of inferiority. Uh, here, the idea seems to be that I'm so burdened, I'm so fixated on my problems that I'm not able to say other people's problems. Because uh, the way one uh, pastor in New York put it, Michael Keller says, you can't give if you're always in want. And I said, oh, that's really it's a concise way of putting it, isn't it? You can't give if you are always in want. If I'm always focusing on my burden, how am I going to be in a position to bear the burdens of others? And so the reason that we often don't bear one another's burdens is because we don't have the eyes to see them. Uh, we don't have the ears to hear them. We don't have the heart to receive the words of other people. And Paul is saying this, that's not the way that the church of Jesus Christ, it's not the way that those who are spiritual, those who are spiritual, not being super special Christians, spiritual being all who have put their faith in Christ, that's the way that we are called to live our life. Because we'll have words. Brian Stevenson is uh, African-American lawyer, activist. Uh, he and I have the privilege of going to a museum that he helped found in Montgomery, Alabama, a few weeks ago uh, that traces um, slavery and Jim Crow and lynchings and mass incarceration. Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie Just Mercy, you should go see the movie Just Mercy. It's a powerful film. If you're ever in Montgomery, you should go to the Brian Museum. It's a powerful series. Uh, in his book, Just Mercy, uh, he writes this. He says, Sometimes, listen to the nuance. He says, I found this quote uh, from somebody else's book. It was just like, well, I, had, I like, dug it up. I went out of my way to find this because I found it so insightful. Sometimes we're fractured by the choices we make, sometimes we're shattered by things we would never have chosen. You hear that? Sometimes it's because of things we've done, sometimes it's because of nothing that we do. But our brokenness is also the source of our common humanity, the basis for our shared search for comfort, meaning, and healing. Our shared vulnerability and imperfect imperfection nurtures and sustains our capacity for compassion. What is he saying? When we understand that we have burdens just like the other person around us has burdens, when we come to the point where we understand that we are all in that same position, and then Paul would add in, Paul would add in that spirit-filledness, that reliance on the gospel, 
because of the weight of what was going on, I was like, I don't want to do it. My friend Andy jumped in to the restaurant. A few things that had made their way into the apartment came back out of the apartment. They got back into the truck. The truck went to my parents' house. Andy took the rest of the day and drove us around Cole Gables, which is a very nice neighborhood, uh, drove us around Cole Gables until we found an apartment. And he, and he even helped us to decode how you find apartments in Cole Gables, because Cole Gables is back in place. Uh, he spent the entire afternoon with us, encouraging us, laughing with us about it, um, and then when it was actually the second
step back, right? And let's consider what it looks like to be that in the sinner's circle. Brothers and sisters, like, can we just name the reality that we had a woman join us for a brief part of the service this morning? What does it look like to help her bear her burdens? I don't know. I genuinely do not know. But if we are going to be a church in downtown San Diego, we can't pretend like that's not a question that we've got to figure out the answer to. And the fact that we don't have clear, ready-made answers should stop us and go, oh, we need to figure that out. Now, praise out, there are people here who have answers. There are people here who've done the hard work of figuring out what does it look like to be a Christian in order to concepts like the Sentinels of San Diego. But that's not true for all of us. And if this is what God is calling us to be as a church, then we need to learn what it looks like to be able to bury those burdens as well. Father, uh, thank you that 